You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday what has felt like maybe the longest week we've had in a while. I've got the latest on the AD trade front for you, what to expect going into next week, and we are going to take listeners' questions in this still. We're going to push back the second-round pick talk and mid-first-round pick talk since maybe... Just maybe we're closer to a deal, so we'll push that all till next week, and let's just dive right into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we get into all the trade talk and Kyle Kuzma apparently being the most valuable player in the league, according to the Los Angeles Lakers, don't forget, download the Himalaya podcast app, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans, and learn about new podcasts with their personally curated playlist from their expert podcast, Tastemakers. It is free. They have every show you want or are looking for. So download the Himalaya podcast app and subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. So the latest updates on the trade talks for Anthony Davis, and there is a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke, but right now you've got to wonder how much fire is actually behind all of that, and it might not be a ton, given kind of where things stand and the things that we're learning almost seemingly by the minute, some of which might be connected, some of which might not be, and it's kind of just tough to, to figure out what to make sense of all of this. So starting with, and we're, we'll touch on Bradley Beal more in the final segment or next segment here, we're going to kind of go off the hip with how we want to do this today, um, that yeah, you know, that's supposedly the guy that they want, according to Fletcher Mackle of WDSU, and like, yeah, of course they want Bradley Beal. They've wanted Bradley Beal for a long time now. I don't think that's any surprise, but that was also under a different regime. New regime obviously values the good player as a very valuable good player so they'd like him it's just likely not going to happen it's going to take more than two first round picks in a weak draft like four and six isn't going to get it done for Bradley Beal in this one we'll talk about that more coming up a bit of a preview when we take listener questions and listener uh, deals that they want to see on the podcast today so that's kind of the obvious there yes we know that it's just very difficult and you're also not hearing any of the Wizards people reporting on this that they're in talks or anything like that. Remember, trust no one during this period of time. The other crazy part of this, and this is where I really kind of want to get into the discussion of things with the Lakers leverage on all of this, is Kyle freaking Kuzma. What the fuck? Seriously. This is a guy who had a pretty good numbers year last year, 18.3, or sorry, where is it? 18.7 points per game. Not too bad. And that's in 33 minutes per game. He led uh, second most on the Lakers last year behind only LeBron James. He also put up 5.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. And uh, yeah, not too horrible, really, when you look at it. Although he did score slightly more inefficiently than Brandon Ingram, and we're not too high on Brandon Ingram as is. So Kuzma on the season shot 45.6% from the field. Eh. 30.3% from deep, like double, eh. 75% from the line, that's a little bit better, and route to that 18.7 points. 
The thing is, the only good numbers he has are those 18.7 points per game. And the Lakers are basically like, he's untouchable. And this is called getting too fucking cute. And if I sound annoyed with this, it's because we went through this at the trade deadline. And you're starting to see a slight repeat of it, though with slightly better offers from the Lakers. So Kuzma is apparently untouchable because they really like him. And they value him right alongside Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. I don't know about that. I think we kind of see what Kuzma is as a player. Again, he's really your sixth man off the bench to go and score some buckets for you. He's great in the open court. In transition, he'd fit well in a gentry system. He's decisive. He can get to the basket with some high-flying dunks too. Be a lot of fun to watch. There's no denying that. But that's really it. Defensively, not there at all. And he's not an efficient scorer, so you've got to get him those opportunities in transition because otherwise it can get a little bit rough. The shooting percentage, not great. Not great from three either. There are issues here, but the Lakers have him valued very highly. And I think this is the negotiation side of things. And this is where it's called getting a little too cute. Go back to February in the trade deadline or late January, whenever the hell it was, and the Pelicans and Lakers started negotiating. And the Lakers started out with Michael Beasley, Rondo, and some other things as their initial offer for Anthony Davis. And basically right then and there, it killed the majority of the negotiations for the Pelicans and Lakers. The the Lakers weren't taking it seriously and thought they were in such a position of power and leverage that they got cute. And they tried to go in and lowball the Pelicans. The Pelicans basically were just like, nah, we're good. We don't need to deal with this. Like, don't waste our time. I think you're seeing that a little bit now. You know, the Knicks and the Nets and the Clippers haven't really gotten any traction, according to recent reports from for Anthony Davis and with the Pelicans. Boston, and we'll talk about Boston in a minute, Let's say hypothetically Kyrie's leaving and they're kind of uh, scared about what to do with Anthony Davis and to make a move or not make a move for him. Let's just put it as a hypothetical out there and take it for a fact right now. That means it's really the Lakers who are the ones who have the best chance of landing AD because you don't really have a ton of other teams in the mix right now right now so they think because we're in a position of power we have some leverage we're not going to offer you everything you want which frankly, makes a lot of sense. It's probably what they should do. But this is called getting cute, and this is how you lose out on Anthony Davis. Because if they had come in the trade deadline and just blown the Pelicans away with an initial offer for AD, the deal could have gotten done. It really might have gotten done then. And if they do it here, maybe it also gets it done. They have four assets, Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, and the fourth pick. And they're basically saying, take two of the four. Maybe three of the four, but certainly, oh, hell no, not four of the four. When the Pelicans are like, it's going to take all four things. In theory, this is how these negotiations are going. The Lakers are, "Uh uh-uh, you're going to end up caving and giving to him to us for two or three. I don't know if that's going to be the case and how that's going to happen. And the Lakers, because of their stupid insistence on clinging to Kyle Kuzma, are really hurting them. You land AD there, you can land another big name in free agency, whether it's Kemba Walker, maybe it's Kawhi Leonard, who knows who it is, but you could have LeBron, AD, and Kemba. That is a fun and probably really, really good team. You don't get AD, I don't know if you land Kemba, I don't know if you land Kawhi Leonard, and you just have LeBron and all of these young guys. And this is why it's getting too cute for their own good with all of this. It's 
a weird spot to really be in, I guess. But this is what I think is happening. Again, if the Lakers were offering everything and either the Pelicans liked it or they could flip that fourth pick for something else that they like more, which is tough, well then, you could probably have a deal done, but they haven't. And I think it's the Lakers maybe overplaying their hand, even if they have a good hand to play. They can still overplay it. They did it with Tyrone Lue. They're like, oh, he's going to come coach for us. We'll pick his assistants. He's not their head coach. They don't have Anthony Davis. We've seen this a number of times now with them that they just really don't get it. I get why you maybe you don't want to give up everything, but if you're not going to get a deal done because you don't want to include six-man Kyle Kuzma, I don't know what to tell you. By the same token of that, there is a flip side to it of, well, if the Pelicans really like Ingram Ball in the fourth pick, then just get a deal done and who cares about Kyle Kuzma if he's more or less just kind of filler, right? I've been saying this about Josh Hart. Like, who gives a shit if you don't get him here to New Orleans? Maybe they value Kuzma a little bit more. Could be. Or it could also just be, you know what? You want our guy. You've got to give us every damn thing we ask for. I don't care. And I think that's part of it, too. So this is where, you know, you kind of have a standoff in negotiations and you hope other things can get done. And, you know, the Pelicans, while they want to get a deal done sooner rather than later, there's not like the hugest thing to get it done before, say, the weekend's out. And that's going to come into what we're going to talk about in the next segment when we look at the Boston Celtics. But before we get to that, I did trade Anthony Davis, hypothetically, fake trade, in our Locked On NBA mock draft. Yeah, that's right. And I've got to make a pick at 14. Well, it's in the Locked On NBA mock draft today. So make sure you download the Himalaya podcast app, subscribe to Locked On uh, NBA and Locked On Pelicans, and listen to our Locked On NBA mock draft. Find out who I take at 14. We can dive into it a little bit also on Monday as well. So the Boston Celtics, there's a report over at the Boston Globe, I think, I can't remember now and I'm sorry, that supposedly Kyrie Irving is a lock to go to the Brooklyn Nets, which him signing with Rock Nation, and by the way, it's 15 days to appoint a new agent, so plenty of time before the start of free agency to have them do the negotiations for him um, with the agent change and the connections they have there, that it just seems like it's a foregone conclusion, you could say. And does that put more pressure on the Celtics to trade for Anthony Davis or to then just kind of stand pat, go with their young guys and build from there? I don't know. Not Boston. Um, John Krause has kind of made it known that they want to trade for Anthony Davis, he thinks, regardless of Kyrie Irving or Kyrie Irving, who's been a little bit fickle. If they do land AD, maybe it does convince him to stay and to re-sign and you can keep that core there. They've also been through this with Kevin Garnett and probably believe in their culture. Garnett wanted to stay there. So this is... Uh, something that they've seen and maybe it doesn't scare them off that they're going through all of this. So if they're in the mix, what's going on there? And if they could make the best offer, like everyone really does believe, well then why hasn't a deal gotten done? Great question. But I think this also goes to the negotiation thing. Basically now the Pelicans are in the Lakers position and the Celtics are kind of in the in the Pelicans position from the first one. The, uh, the, the, sorry, the Pelicans are asking for everything and that's what they want. You want Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all the picks, the Memphis pick, probably Marcus Smart too. And the Celtics are like, no, we're not going to do that. Just as when I tried to get that from John Krause, the Locked On Celtics in our mock draft, he said no. He wasn't going to budge off that. 
it's just too much right now, given everything, even for Anthony Davis. But because the Pelicans are in no huge rush, why not keep them on the hook? Say that you got to give us those guys. Otherwise, maybe we'll go with the Lakers. And now you're seeing the reports of the Lakers deals and all of that. And that's what's leaking. And maybe it's designed to kind of put a little bit of pressure on the Celtics and say, oh, shit, maybe we'll actually lose out of... Uh, the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, and we must do something for Anthony Davis right now. So we'll include both those guys just to get a deal done so we don't lose him to our hated rival, the Los Angeles Lakers. And you know what? Maybe they don't say no, but their offer is not going to get taken off the table of, say, you know, the 14th pick, the Memphis pick, Smart, Tatum, and something else. That's going to, if that's on the table, that's always there. There's no need to agree to that till you absolutely have to agree to that, which might be a couple days from now. So I think that could be really what it is. What's the point in agreeing to that trade today versus tomorrow, two days from now? You know, those top guys aren't going to come in for a workout with you. No, but maybe you can get those interviews or meet those other guys, workouts, what have you with the mid range guys on the off chance that you do, or It doesn't matter and you don't need to interview him anyway, or maybe you plan on flipping the 14th pick or something like that. Should that be included? So that could be, I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it's not, it could be what's going on with these two teams right now. There's just no need for them to really get a deal done today versus say Monday or Tuesday if it comes to the Boston Celtics. The Lakers might be a different story, but the Boston Celtics deal could get done closer and closer to draft time certainly easily could. So I don't think it's out of the question that maybe they kind of have an idea of what they'll accept from the Celtics, but if you can get a little bit more, not too bad. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing. That makes a lot of sense to me about what's going on as well. And you may as well keep using the Lakers kind of to drive up that price or, you know, whatever it is. Or you also just buy some time too for a mystery third team, like maybe the Portland Trailblazers who reached out to me in our mock draft, or the Clippers to come back with a much better offer, different things like that. We'll see, but it buys you some time, and there's just no rush on the Memphis deal today versus tomorrow versus Saturday versus Sunday versus Monday or even Tuesday. You can get those guys for workouts in, I'm sure, or fly out to them, or you've already worked them out potentially too, and you don't need to worry as much about some of those guys um, as the Pelicans were out on the West Coast for draft workouts, and they've likely been other places, you know? So I think that's kind of maybe what you're seeing a little bit right now. So it's okay if a deal doesn't get done, doesn't mean Boston's out and it's only the Lakers, and maybe the Lakers overvalue the actual leverage that they have. Again, it's all a mess. There's a lot of smoke, but when you kind of lay it out in these terms, is there a lot of fire? Maybe, maybe not. It's kind of difficult to parse through everything. Certainly, this is different than what was going on at the NBA trade deadline in February. So again, we've got our Locked On NBA mock draft out right now. We're on to day three. Download the Himalaya podcast app and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA. All right, it is time to open the Locked On Pelicans phone lines. Let me know what you want to see in an Anthony Davis trade. And we've got some other questions thrown in, so we'll do some quick answers for these. Of course, if you want to call in, leave a voicemail. It just goes should go straight to it, or it'll just ring and then leave a voicemail. And the number is 504-321-0448. That's 504-321-0448. I have this set up just for this. So let's just dive into your questions and your trade offers. Hey, this is Gerardo Johnson. 
coming out new Iberia, Louisiana. Um, I think we should ship them to the Celtics. I like the picks they got. I'm pretty interested in um Bowl Bowl. I think he got um the Greek freak potential in him. I really want him. And we could get a player like Marcus Smart and Tatum is a key piece. Tatum and Zion could grow together, man. It, it'll be great, man. Yeah. Gerardo, I don't know how three. Thanks, Gerardo, for calling in, leaving the question. Yeah, I think the Celtics deal, as we're going to hear, is probably the one that most people want. I think people are pretty high on Jason Tatum. He does have flaws. He's too much of an isolation player. Isn't great at isolation basketball either. But his catch-and-shoot numbers aren't bad. His three-point percentage is pretty good. And you think he'd be able to kind of maybe lessen some of the isolation playing in a much quicker offense than he was playing over in Boston. So there's a lot of potential for him to thrive here in New Orleans and also just get rid of away from some of the mess that was going on there. As for Bull Bull, the center out of Oregon, whose season was cut short due to injury, is a good way to put it. He had a good workout for Oregon the other day, and I think scouts were pretty impressed with all of that. The thing is, the questions that are surrounding him aren't going to get answered in a workout or not. It's really going to be, can he stay healthy and some of the other things. I'm not nearly as high on him as others are. I do not see the Giannis comparison there whatsoever. Um, and basically, if the Pelicans do get that 14th pick, I'm pretty much on the record saying I prefer Jackson Hayes if he's available, not Bowl Bowl. I think uh, he should probably go in the it should. I'm not saying he will. It takes one team to be enamored with you, but in the 20s or later, I think you can get better value at 14 overall. So don't disagree with that, but he is an intriguing guy to watch, and like, watch me be wrong, and he is Giannis in a couple of years. It's Brian from Baton Rouge. Uh, my phone call caught out the first time, so I'll try it again. Listen to you every morning, Jake. You're doing a great job. <clears throat> and I was wanting to say that I think you could probably see if you can get – I know you said Bill wasn't up for grabs like that maybe there's not enough assets however i think the sixth pick is and lonzo if you want to do the lakers deal we'll get it done for the suns because to me lonzo is better than anything that you could possibly get with the sixth pick and maybe you could try to package that fourth pick and that sixth pick and maybe kuzma to the wizards to get bill right because mm-hmm. at least like you said they just want young um rookie scale contracts so the four and six pick that might be more valuable to them than actually who they're picking, right? And you can that will leave the Pelicans with Ingram, Beal, and maybe a future first round pick from the Lakers, and maybe a future second round pick from the Wizards. Just to add, just to see if you can get as much as you possibly can. Let me know what you think. Thank you. We're getting coverage from all over the state here. Thank you, Brian, for calling in with what you kind of want to see. So let's start with Bradley Beal. No, I, th- I think the four and six is not going to be enough to get him at all, even with Kuzma in there. You know, we, we clearly aren't valuing Kuzma very high. The fourth and sixth pick in this draft just sucks, like compared to other drafts. It's just not nearly as enticing. Like the four and six pick in a three person draft for a guy who's 25 is basically an all NBA player and should be getting a supermax, but he's not like, no, you can get more than that. Or you can get established guys and not guys that maybe will or won't pan out. Like I, I just don't see it. Look, I would love to be wrong about this. Love to be wrong about this. I just don't think that's what it's going to take. And I just don't see a deal getting done for Beal. Maybe I'll be wrong and I will be the happiest wrong person 
of possible with that. In terms of the Suns and Lonzo's value to them for the sixth pick, I don't really see that either. So in a vacuum, yes, if Lonzo Ball was coming out of UCLA and into this draft, he's rated way higher than the sixth pick. You know, this makes it maybe a four-person draft. Maybe you have him above R.J. Barrett or John Morant after his lone season at UCLA. Absolutely, he averaged 14.6 points per game there, 7.6 assists, 6 rebounds. He did it while shooting 41.2% from the three and 55.1% from the field, though his free throw percentage 67.3. Not great. But he was good. He was the number two overall pick for a reason. But here's the thing. That's one year at UCLA, which let me see what it is. He played 1,263 minutes. He's got 3,200 minutes in the NBA where he averages 11.2 points per game, 7.1 assists, that's good, and almost seven rebounds. But he's shooting on his career 31.5% from deep and 38% overall from the field, sub 40. You know, that's not good. Like, you know, I get that the sample size is so small. Maybe you want to include the minutes from college in there to evaluate him, and I don't think that's wrong. But I've got two years of NBA experience telling me he hasn't looked great. You know, so I don't know if you necessarily can say, you know, if this is the guy that people thought was going to come into the NBA, he wouldn't have gone two. He wouldn't have even gone in the top 10. So I don't know if you can necessarily say that Lonzo Ball is better than the six pick. Yeah, based off the college stuff, sure. But that hasn't been the case based on him being an actual pro. You can blame it on the Lakers stuff and other things, sure. This is a guy who's also only played 52 games and 47 games. It's not great. So I think given his NBA body of work, it leaves a whole lot to be desired. Not saying there isn't potential there to improve, but he's got two seasons to try and get the shot down and to shoot better, and he hasn't. And I value that NBA experience over the college experience in terms of trying to project and figure him out going forward. And that's one of the reasons why I don't hate him as a player or prospect or someone to trade for. I'm not particularly excited about him either because of that. I don't care about the college stuff. What have you done in the NBA? Okay, not great. So I think that's a big issue with Lonzo Ball and trying to flip him for other assets. I don't know if he's worth that much to other teams right now. Maybe the sixth pick, but also you can make an argument that no, based on how he's played in the NBA, he's not worth that. Hey, Jake, it's Will from New Orleans, big fan of the podcast. Uh, but the ideal trade, I think, for Anthony Davis is probably the Boston trade that you've outlined before. But failing that, I would just be happy to see the Pelicans stay far away from the mediocre at best collection of players that L.A. or New York is trying to offer. If they can't get that Boston deal, I would love to see them go in an entirely different direction and trade AD to the Knicks for their first-round pick this year, the Dallas pick next year, their first-round pick the year after that, and the Dallas pick the year after that, and just throw in DeAndre Jordan to make the numbers work. If it can't be Jason Tatum, and good prospects from Boston that just load up on draft picks. Stay away from taking on a big handful of mediocre at-best players. Thanks. Bye. 
Thanks for calling in, Will. So I get where you're coming from with that. And yeah, I think the Boston deal is obviously the best one. In terms of the other stuff and just kind of staying away from mediocre assets, I'm going to caution you on this. And that's those picks from Dallas. So the New York pick's good. The third pick in this draft is fine. Like, I wouldn't say it's amazing. I would say it's better than average. I'd say you're going to get a good guy. I think R.J. Barrett's pretty close to John Morant in my eyes. And you know what? He's got a really high ceiling. So I'm cool with that, actually. In terms of the other picks, say the Dallas picks or Knicks future first round picks, Dallas, I think he's going to maybe be good. If Porzingis comes back relatively healthy with Luka Doncic, I don't know how valuable those Dallas picks are actually going to be. And I think because of that, that might be more mediocre than a lot of these Lakers guys are. I think if you're drafting, say, 18, let's call it, in the draft, let's let's peg it that, maybe 16, you're likely going to get a player that's worse than Brandon Ingram is. So I think if you think those Lakers players are mediocre, those Dallas picks don't hold much value. It's just like how the Los Angeles Lakers first round picks don't really hold a ton of value if you trade AD there, um, you know, or, or say like the the Los Angeles Clippers or any team like that. That's why Boston with the 14th pick in this draft and a future Memphis pick is far more intriguing than their own first rounders. Well, when you're getting these kind of first rounders, I think that's kind of the issue. So I don't know if I really like that idea because of that. Um, Look, it's maybe better than letting AD walk for nothing. I'll give you that. But I think that's kind of a big part of it is I don't expect those Dallas picks to be good. And I wonder if that's maybe why they haven't had some of the traction they would have liked to have had in the AD sweepstakes. So let's end it there. Thank you all for calling in. I got a bunch more. We'll use them next week too. It's always fun to make this interactive. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for calling in as well. Don't forget, download the Himalaya podcast app. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA and listen to our mock draft. It's a lot of fun. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday unless we need to do a breaking news podcast over the weekend. We will see.